Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Hey, tea sippers. I hope you guys are doing good today. So it's time for another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered. And I have my homegirl with me here, B.L. Sherelle. Yeah. Hey, y'all. So we wanted to come on here and talk about quite a few things. It's a lot of stuff going on right now in the industry that we wanted to hit on, honey. So if y'all don't know, I was just telling B.L. I was like, oh, once again, tea grow diamond strikes. (laughs) And you know I'm good for a good flashback, right? And um, so there's been a lot of controversy going on right now with YG. YG is being silenced. They have removed his video called Beat the Flockers off of YouTube. And YouTube was initially fighting to keep it. But now because of the pressure from the Asian community, they have removed the video. And then today it was announced that his song has been deplatformed. They've taken it off of Spotify, Google and Apple Music. So this is crazy, but I'm not shocked by this because I spoke on this two years ago when Spotify was talking about removing R. Kelly, Tay-K, and XXX from their playlist. So I want you guys to go ahead and watch this flashback, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. And so, yes, this R. Kelly situation is getting messier and messier, honey. But you know what? I'm here for it, bitch, okay? So my thing is this. While I understand what Spotify is trying to do, and while a lot of people are clapping and saying, yes, yes, remove R. Kelly's music. He's a pervert. He's a pedophile. That's fine and dandy, but my thing is, where does this end? Because what they're saying in that statement rings true, okay? This is just me being objective. If you're going to remove R. Kelly's music based on, you know, you know this whole Me Too movement, based on people not feeling him right now, then there's going to be a lot of people that also need to be affected, okay? Let's keep it real. Right now, Fabulous is going to court, even though Emily B's goofy self is by his side at court, okay? For basically, you know, domestic violence, for knocking out her two front teeth, but yet and still his music is still on Spotify. You know what I mean? We have criminals like T.I., you know, who's been convicted of multiple felonies. His music is still on Spotify. So my thing is, where does it end? If we're going to cheer them getting rid of R. Kelly's music and Tay-K's music and XXX's music, where does it end? So by the logic that Spotify is trying to implement, they're going to need to remove a lot more people's music. I don't disagree with them with taking R. Kelly's music off, but I do feel that he should not be the only one. There's a lot of people out here talking reckless, saying reckless shit. You got the Cash Me Outside girl. Her music is on there. She's a horrible role model. A lot of these young kids be out here just talking about stupid shit, selling drugs, having sex, you know, doing drugs, and their music is still on Spotify. So where does this end? So to me, I'm looking at this from almost a censorship point of view that, you know, right now people can cheer on that because it's R. Kelly or maybe because you don't listen to XXX or Tay-K, that's fine. But what happens when these same rules affect people that you do listen to, the T.I., you know what I'm saying, who has a criminal background or, you know, like a Gucci man who just got out of prison, you know, a few years ago, he has a criminal background, you know, so there's a lot of people in the industry, especially in the hip hop industry with really shady backgrounds. So where does it end so if we're gonna get rid of you know these three artists who else are we gonna get rid of all right so that was you hit that one amen (laughs) (laughs) so you know you being an artist yourself um do you feel like there's ever 
a, a right to censor an artist? Or do you feel like in this day and age, artists are kind of pushing it, you know, they're pushing things to the limit and maybe that's why the censorship is happening? So I don't, I don't feel like there's ever really a reason to censor artists um, because it would just, like you said, the, the snowball effect would be too great mm-hmm. and the the slope is too slippery. And for them to start with this song, this YG record is, come on, it's it's really, the, the lyrics is first you find a house and scope it out, find a Chinese neighborhood because they don't believe in bank accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally all he kind of says. Now the story is about, you know, running in somebody's house, robbing somebody's house. But that's really no different than when people talk about robbing Poppy, the plug, and, you know, all that other stuff. So it's like for them to pick this, I feel like they knew YG was a soft target that not too many people going to go up for. And I feel like it's a, a, a two-bird, one-stone situation where they get to um, once again put that black people against Asians rhetoric out there. And also it's very performative because they know that nobody really cares about this song. They know that YG's bass isn't that strong, you know? So mm. I just feel like they had motives in choosing with this particular record. If that's the case, it's so much... Shit, even just the YouTubers that's on on YouTube that don't even make music, but they just spew a lot of rhetoric and a lot of hate and all that. Y'all should start with them and just with the pedophilia and all that other shit. Start with them. So wow. it's just very performative, and you know, for that reason, I just I'm like, this is some bullshit. Yeah, the thing I found funny about the whole situation when I first heard the uproar, I'm like, well, ain't that song old? Like, this is we're in 2021, and the song came out in 2014. Um, and I remember there was controversy in 2016 when she released the video. There was some controversy from the Asian community back then, but it wasn't a whole lot. And then um, I think I had talk, told you about there was like a robbery that went down in Atlanta and they try to blame this song for them doing the robbery. They try to blame it on YG's song. But even that didn't go anywhere. The video still stood. The music was still there. But now because of this whole stop the Asian hate propaganda, um, these companies are basically bowing down and they're scared. You know, they're scared to look bad because at first YouTube was like, no, we're not going to remove it. This is freedom of speech. And then once they got more pressure from the Asian community, then all of a sudden they backed down. So it's, it's really crazy how that is. I want to go ahead and play a news clip that I have here where they're talking about the situation. So let me go ahead and play that for you really quick here. Rage in Oakland today over the lyrics to a popular rap song. KPIX 5's Lynn says some call it freedom of expression, but others see the song as an open invitation to target one particular community. Because you know, I tooted and booted. Popular rapper YG has had some major hits on the radio. But it's one of his lesser known songs that has many Chinese Americans singing the blues. First, you find a house and scope it out. Find a Chinese neighborhood. They don't believe in bank accounts. Critics say the song provides a step by step blueprint and encourages even more bad guys to target Chinese families. Not only that people will be losing properties, but also people maybe get hurt and could be killed. We are coming together to protect our community. Some city leaders and Chinese Americans protested against a song in Oakland, Chinatown this afternoon. People are also protesting in Philadelphia tonight, where YG has a concert. They say way too many Asian families, like this one, caught on tape in Oakland, have been robbed and burglarized. It's not about you or me. It's about us. 
so let us work together. Hot Boy Weez is a Berkeley rapper who's also been convicted of robbery. He says it's freedom of expression and songs are often a reflection of their own experience. If the camera speaks freely, then exactly what's the point of rapping, like, then you, you can't you can't use your creative side. Even if you are coming up in a life of crime or violence, you don't want to glorify it. You want to talk about the conditions that would eradicate the need for such things. You would be responsible with your art. Community leaders want YG to apologize and remove the song. Some say this goes back to that bigger debate of whether or not gangster rap incites and glorifies violence. In Oakland, I'm Da Lin, KPIX 5. YG released the songs a couple of years ago, but some in the Chinese-American community just learned of it in recent months. There are several online petitions demanding YG to remove the song. All right, sis. Child, they done took over your city. <laughs> demanding apologies from YG. Now, what I find really funny about this situation, and like I said, I have, no, I have nothing against any community. But I noticed the narrative is so different now when it comes to the Asian community getting hate and getting mistreated. Now things are being done. Now conversations about gangster rap lyrics are being taken seriously. But in the words of Afini Shakur, if you guys remember in that Tupac movie, what did Afini say? Afini said in that movie, they're going to give you the tools that you need to destroy yourself. They are going to give you the tools that you need to destroy yourself. OK, that is what she said in that Tupac movie. So it's funny that when these same tools are given to young black men to talk about robbing other black men, killing other black people, you know, what I'm saying selling drugs to their own community. That's, you know, applauded. It's praised. It's rewarded. But as soon as he said a line about Asian people, now we need to reevaluate rap and gangster music. So how do you feel about that? Well, see, here's the thing. And it's funny that they said they was in Philly because what you said is a thing. Like people do rob, go to the Chinese neighborhoods to rob because they do tend to have a lot of cash on day. So that's just some real street shit. That's it's, it's true. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, though, it's the Asian community that's speaking out. It's never really the black community. We don't speak out about how we feel rap or hip hop may um, influence us to a point where we like take that shit down. Like when, when everybody's saying they smoking on Tuca, it wasn't a big uproar. It wasn't a big thing where black people was like, yo, we, we, we gonna boycott if y'all don't, you know, take that shit down and stop saying that y'all smoking on that 15 year old boy. So right. I feel like, you know, a lot of it is because we don't, we don't fight for that. So the Asian community here, they naming some shit like, uh-uh, what I gotta do with it? Like, no, stick, stick to y'all nigga shit, you know, talk y'all shit amongst each other, but don't bring us in it. So like from that, perspective i'm not mad at the agents for saying yo don't fucking you know bring us in it you know just like i said earlier like when people be talking about robin poppy and all that the spanish people never came up and like oh don't don't bring us in no that's hate da, 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 da. had they done that it might be a different result so mm -hmm. i can't really get mad at the agents for feeling that way but i do see the performative side from you know youtube and spotify and all of them as well at the same time Right. Like I get them for being upset. But like you said, you know, this song has been out for how long and y'all are just not upset. But it's just funny how quickly these major corporations are moving because the Asian community is upset, you know, and I think there are black people who do protest certain things and, and you know, they might get upset about certain songs or say like this is going too far. But a lot of times they get dismissed as, you know, you're just a hater, you're bitter, you're a coon, you know, and that's how we kind of treat people who kind of 
you know, may not agree with certain things, right? Right. Meaning, yeah, we, right. Where with the Asian community, they all banded together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I and definitely see what you're saying with that. that. That's the difference, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, honestly, if black people, like, Asians have super PACs. Asians have political power. You know, if black people were to band together like Asians banded together, we can get a lot more shit done as well. But we always we're just very we're just divisive. Sometimes we don't you know, we all can't get on one accord. And it's not because, you know, people like oh, all black people aren't a monolith. We're not saying that we should be or that we are. It's just certain things. There should be certain lines that, you know, shouldn't be crossed. And that should be that. But we can't even do that, unfortunately. So that's why you see a quick such a quick. Um, a quick interference on the behalf of corporations, whereas though for us, they just, you know, they let us murder each other all day. They don't give a fuck because we're not fighting in that way. Together. And this is why we need to wake up. You know, I remember there was a white guy. I don't know if you ever saw that video I posted on Instagram. He went viral and he was basically talking about hip hop and how they put certain things in hip hop music because they know it's going to affect the black community. So while kids listen, okay, so you did see it. Okay. So while white kids listen to it, it's not the reality. So it doesn't matter to them. It's just a hot song, a hot track, but to the black kids that it's supposed to be, you know, that's what they're supposed to emulate and be like these, you know, top rappers, you know, it really plants a lot of seeds in the community for the negative. You can't get away with it. Nobody nobody would put it out there. But we do have black people that get on the radio every day in white-owned companies, white-owned stations with white-owned sponsors that play the role of hypersexualized, hypercriminalized male. I ask these advertisers, I say, I've got hundreds of songs a day that celebrate killing animals. Will you put them on your station? They said, no. I've got hundreds of songs a day that talk about assaulting women and, 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 and abusing kids. Would you put them on your station? They said, no. I said, I've got hundreds of songs a day that talk about murdering blacks. Would you put them on your stations? They said, well, that depends. Depends on what? Who it's done by and who it's branded for. Because if we can get black folks to sing about it and we can brand it for our youngest black audiences, I think there's money to be made. I think there's American appetites to see these people that way. I said, how can you say that? They said, well, look, it's what these artists know. It's what they, black people, uh, create. It's a matter of fact, our surveys say it's what they want to hear, which speaks of a sickness. How do we live in a society where somebody says, you know what, I'm inspired to write a song that celebrates murdering another person. And then a person says, I'd like to put that on my station. Another person said, I'd like to pay for it. And then there's people out here in the audience that go, I'd love to hear it, as long as it's black guys. Because even white people buy rap music, buy this type of stuff, because we know that when we want to hear about killing each other, we know who to turn to for that type of inspiration. I, I, w- I would be lying if I said, oh, rap has nothing to do with any violence on the street. That would be a lie, you know? Right. And um, it's funny, I remember like maybe a few years ago being the person like, oh, well, do you tell your kids when they watch Scarface, do you say, I remember giving that argument about, oh, Scarface may everybody want to be drug dealers so y'all don't blame the Italians. Like I remember being that person, mm-hmm. but it's like, it gets to a point where you can't ignore the truth. You can't ignore that without rap music, the drill scene would have never spilled over global. That wouldn't have happened. It just would have been a, a you know, a, a thing in the pocket of a certain part of society. Um, then when it turned into the music, it, it spilled over and became global. And now it done took my city over. I don't know if I live in Philly or if I live in uh, Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk like them, you know, we, the slang is like them. It's just so crazy how, you know, things have been taken over in the, in the, the power of rap music. So, you know, that would be a lie if I didn't acknowledge that.
So today's show sponsor is Chime.com. Are you tired of your bank working against you as opposed to working for you? Well, there's a new app called Chime. And basically, Chime is an award-winning app and debit card system with no hidden fees or monthly minimums. You can get your paycheck, your benefits, your stimulus check, and your tax returns up to two days earlier with direct deposit. Also, don't forget to turn on your alerts so that way you know when your card is being used and you can instantly block your card if something seems fishy. So if you're interested in joining millions of people who have already taken advantage of Chime and their benefits, feel free to go sign up on their website. It takes less than two minutes and it does not affect your credit score. Apply now at chime.com forward slash sip slow. Again, that's chime.com forward slash S-I-P-S-L-O-W. Chime is a financial technology company, banking services provided by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. And members of the FDIC, eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $100 by Chime. Early direct deposit depends on your payer. Out-of-network cash withdrawals and fees apply. Third-party app and cash fees also apply. Feel free to go to Chime.com to find out more details. Um, At the same time, though, I do still feel like you know, hip hop is an art form. And I feel like that it's, it's not as, I see it taking a turn. I see um, more artists that are saying something being more prevalent. Um, I see people who are street, but talking from a very introspective, you know, perspective coming up too. Mm-hmm. So I, I see it getting a tad bit better. I mean, two years ago, this shit was super, super duper shallow. Um, I see us kind of climbing out of it. And hip hop does that. It goes in and out. Bling era, deep shit, back to the talk shit, gangster shit. It it does that cycle. So I'm excited to see what we got in the rents coming up. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we'll have more positive music and more higher elevation type rap, because I think a lot of people are tired of it, especially, you know, during the whole C-19 situation. It's like we really had to reevaluate what was important. And I think it also humbled a lot of these rappers, too. Yeah, nobody's coming to your concerts like that. That same money that y'all bragging about, you better be saving it because you don't know when you're going to get another ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar bag. Yeah, that's why they doing all that shit they doing now. (laughs) Right. You know, but I just I just find it very, very interesting, you know, that they will give us the tools to destroy ourselves. So that should be a wake up call to a lot of rappers and people in the community. Like when it comes to death and destruction, as long as you're talking about black people, no one cares. It's okay. But the second you try to bring in other races, you know what I'm saying, into your fuckery, now it's an issue. You know, so that should tell you something right there. They're not going to allow you to disrespect the Asian community or even the LGBT community, you know what I'm saying, but you can disrespect yourselves. So that's where folks need to like really wake up and understand the big picture that certain communities, they definitely band together. They don't play that. They're not going to tolerate any disrespect. And I can't be mad at that. But I do feel like a lot of it is censorship. And the problem with censorship is once it starts, where does it end? And that's the part that scares me, you know, because I'm big on freedom of speech as long as it's respectful. Right. And even when Trump got banned, I remember a lot of people was cheering. Yeah, he got banned. He got kicked off of Twitter. And I'm like, what are y'all cheering for? Like the fact that they can get deplatform the president, you know, now ex-president, that means they can do that to anybody. Right. He yeah. had ramifications. Who the hell am I? You know, yeah. that, that was a rough one for me. 
that yeah. was a rough one because I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. If they can, if they can deplatform the fucking president, it's 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 all there's no holes barred on who they could you know shut up. And I've been I've said things and they've given me community guidelines, strikes and stuff. I'm like, damn, what I say? Right. You know what I mean? So I know exactly you know what the ramifications of that was, but I also knew how powerful of a hold he had on those people, um, and it was like all through Twitter. So it was almost like I I I, I understood why they did it. Um, but I knew coming down the pike, it was going to be a lot of bullshit, but I did understand why they did it because he was, he's very, very powerful. It was almost like he was running a cult. It got to that point and whatever he says, you know, kind of goes for some of them, not all of the Trump supporters, but it's a pocket of them that will probably die for that man. So when you get that type of power it's dangerous. And when you are the president of the United States, <laughs> that makes it even more, you know, like history repeats itself. We can go back to, you know, world war two, you know, when, you know, Hitler gained power. People believed so much in what he was saying. They was willing to die for what he believed in. So I understand why they felt the need of it. But um, I also understood that it was over for like regular people like us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because anything now that you post on social media is scrutinized. You know, they take stuff down and now they're even in your DMs. If I try and send you a message right now, it's me and you talking. It's not in front of the world. And I'm like, F this person. And I'm cursing and using, you know, derogatory terms. They can they won't send it to you. I will get, you know, reprimanded like, oh, you shouldn't be writing those words. And then they'll delete it. So that's how it's gotten so crazy now in the DMs that you can't even say certain things. And, you know, none of this shit is private, but you get what I'm saying. It's not in the public social media forum. So that's the part that's just really scary. You know, the censorship part of it. Right. And if they would have said to you, if they would have said, hey, this guy, you know, under this federal job as the president of the United States, you can't do X, Y, X. Then that's different. But it was like they almost did it so that they could. So that it is grounds to, you know, just flag regular people because they didn't do it in the capacity of his job. They banned him from Twitter for like forever. <laughs> like, so he's not president now, but he still can't get a Twitter, you know? So right. if they would have just made it like, hey, you know, under the guise of being the president of the United States, this is not something that's tolerable. But blah, blah, then that's that's where I would have been like, all right, I, I agree with that. But they literally banned that man forever. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it it really is. And it just goes to tell you like how much the world is changing, you know, where a few years ago, nobody would have thought twice about this, you know, this whole YG song. And now things are really, you know, the ball's really rolling. And I just hate this whole narrative of this whole black versus the Asian community. And it's, it's almost taken a life of its own because of a few random acts of violence. Nobody's talking about the white guy who went into the spa. I mean, do you know that? They haven't said anything about him since the day of the shooting. Thanks. You know, and that's the part that's disturbing. Like it went from talking about this white boy who had this so-called sex addiction to now it's black people. It's YG. It's the black man in New York. It's just like, okay, well, what about the white dude who went on the shooting spree? So we're just going to ignore him? Because we get defensive and they know that. Like, Like the white people. White people know that we get, we're very sensitive. Because we always getting fucked with. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, soon as you say, oh, soon as you post something, watch these niggas feed into it. You know? And it's like, we're going to stick up for ourselves. We're going to, you know, it's not like the Asian and the black community in the hood. We have a somewhat tense relationship. It's not like, um, 
we hate each other, but we understand that they're there for our money. They don't always show that they respect us all the time. You know, like there's an underlying tense relationship there already. So they're basically just exposing it and capitalizing off of it and posting shit. I think I seen somebody post a guy that was a black guy that was beating um, this Asian guy up. And they said that the Asian guy called him a nigger, you know, before he, before he beat him up, but it was no context. It just looked like this black guy was just like beating the shit out this guy. And um, everybody was like, hey, why don't y'all put like the full story? Not that that would have changed the fact that he was still beating the shit out of him, but they're tapping into that underlying tension that is already exists in the hood between Asian and black people. Yeah, they're definitely trying to cause some type of race war, um, racial divide, because that's the feeling I get from a lot of this stuff. A lot of the things that have been going on as of late is a lot of just really racially motivated things. And, you know, I don't know when it's going to end. Um, hopefully there'll be some type of resolve. There's a lot of oppressed communities. I just wish that everyone who feels oppressed or, you know, who's going through things, I wish all of those communities get the same level of respect and turnaround that the Asian community is definitely getting. Because they're not playing when it comes to them and their whole Stop Asian Hate campaign. But when it was Black Lives Matter before it got co-opted, um, it was a lot of just it was very disgusting the way people talk bad about it. Anytime you said Black Lives Matter, here comes the All Lives Matter people. But then if you say All Lives Matter to the, you know, on any Asian post, Facebook will come and say, no, you know, it's stop Asian hate. It's not All Lives Matter. I had posted um, a, a screenshot that a young man sent me where Facebook was chastising him for writing All Lives Matter, a young black man. So I found that funny because when it was Black Lives Matter, that's all we saw that whole summer was All Lives Matter. Absolutely. You know, so I just wish that everybody would be treated fairly. I but agree. on that note, I want to go ahead and segue. Um, I was sent this video of Method Man and Method Man was basically going in. He did an interview, I believe it was like with Math Hoffa TV. Yeah, it's the podcast with Math and um, Misfit. Mm hmm. And he was basically talking about, you know, these young rappers. So this kind of went viral the other day. And he was trying to figure out, like, where are these rappers getting their money from? So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys this clip. I want you all to go ahead and listen to it. We're going to come back and talk about it. Oh, man, I don't even have a fucking car. But this glamour, I mean, I, I still ain't taking private jets. I think I earned that by now and shit. Where are they getting this money? I, I want to know. <laughs> like, they got a deal or some shit. It, can't, it can't be. No, There's no fucking way that How? they fly in private. All the, Like, that money long, long as fuck because we talking at least minimum is 30 grand. Fat right. Joe, he's that's, that's round a trip. Money. Right. Big <laughs> pun, too. I forgot. Big pun. Where are they getting this money from? Can somebody tell me? What? I want to know where they're getting this money from. I need that hustle. I mean, I, right, not I, even for the private jet. I'm not I just hearing people buying them. I'm hearing they, you know, they just renting them. And I didn't flying. say they buying them. I'm, right. They they paying to fly the private jet, right. but I'm saying they doing it all the time. It's like, nigga, I used to complain having to save half my fucking um, when I worked at the statue, half my check for coffee, dollar seventy five. We talking thirty, at least thirty to fifty grand a trip. You flying? Where are they getting this fucking money from? Well, that and still paying mortgage. Aren't there shows a lot more? Like they'll get some. Yeah. They still doing get, this shit during Corona. I know Migos yeah. probably get a hundred grand a piece or some shit right, like that. More. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you, yeah, but it, I think there's more streams of revenue. Mm -hmm. Streams give money, actual money, right? Yeah, streams, streams itself. Then there's club appearances. Clothes. Then there's this, the features that they do under the table. 
they never really get pushed, but they get big bags for them. This, this, there's a whole bunch of ways that they and make like the social and then media this tra- itself. Then there's trafficking. No, there's some trafficking of these niggas with is rich. Jet, you know? yeah. No, no, no. Like some of these, some of these niggas itself. is rich. They did that. They did that. Rich, Rick Ross's thing. He earned that. Though I can see where Rick got that money from. You right. can see it. But right. some of these niggas, where's this shit coming from? You can't see it. Like you don't see it. Right. It's like nobody really listened to your music like that and shit. Where'd you get this fucking money? <laughs> right. I, I just want to know. It's bad. It boggles my motherfucking mind, man. Because every penny that I got, yeah. I know where it came from. Right. I know it. Like I know exactly what the process was to go through to get that and shit like yeah. that. And I still don't live like no motherfucking Rockefeller. Not saying I can't, right. but I still don't. It's like. When where do you get these resources from? Yeah, my you ever nigga? thought about starting a label? No, never. No, I don't like to work like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Method Man was going in. He, he didn't even know <laughs> where the fuck they get this fucking money from. <laughs> right. Inquire minds want to know, and um, I definitely understand his point when it comes to certain rappers. You know, the ones that are just—they're not really selling like that. They're not really hot like that, but yet and still they have all this jewelry and cars and like money. who? Like who? Give me an example. Cause I kind of disagree, not disagree with him, but I feel like he's going by the old mm. method of things. No pun intended. But he's going by the old way. He's not really seeing that it's just so many different ways to get money out here. You know what I'm saying? So like I would say, like, let's even say, like, for a while, like little pump, he was hot, right? Right. Two years ago, he was getting that bag, smoking perk, and they've just totally fallen off. Like they don't, they don't sell any records like that anymore. Right. Um. But again, like you said, there's other streams of revenue. But I also believe that for him, it feels like, well, I don't get where they're getting all this money from because their music is not that hot. Well, the, I I also have always felt because I said that the um I said that same thing during the whole Juice World situation, right? When they found what was it like ninety pounds of marijuana on Juice World's private plane? Yes. Do you notice ever since then? I went to go Google this even before this interview came out. I was ready, just you know, listening to Juice World. And I'm like, well, whatever happened to the weed? Did anybody get charged? No one was charged, and there's no reference to where ninety pounds of marijuana went. Hmm. So okay. you cannot tell me that Juice World and his crew they weren't moving. That's not personal use, not 90 pounds, not something that's worth a million dollars in street value. That's not personal use. And I feel like a lot of these rappers, not all, but some are involved in that because when you think about it, there's nothing new under the sun. Absolutely. We had the Rolling Stones, you know, all them old rock and roll bands from back in the day. Don't think they wasn't moving weight on their fucking tour bus. Absolutely. It wasn't moving hair on and and damn crack and, you know, whatever was back then, whatever people got down (laughs) in the 70s and 80s. Don't think they weren't moving that, you know, cross country. And they're going to be less, you know, inclined to search them because they're big celebrities. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them have gotten caught up where like, remember when Nelly's bus got pulled over and they found like meth and all that stuff on his bus. So it's not a far stretch to think that some, not all, may be involved in some form of trafficking. Absolutely. So here's here's what I think. I think it depends on the artist. Right. So you you just mentioned Juice World. Remember, he was discovered by Lil Bibby. He was signed to Lil Bibby. And, um, you know, when you make that connection, right, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense that that would be the situation, you know? Um, then you have certain people, like, say, look at Dirk. You know, 
Lord knows what, what the type of shit Dirk really be into, but he is independent. He signed through Empire. Only the family is his label. So he's going to get rich. Dirk mm -hmm. is going to be rich. I mean, he is rich. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I think it just goes by like what type of artists who, who are they affiliated with? A lot of times the artists will come up and they'll be signed to this label and you're like, well, who the fuck is this label? And they the label just pop up out of nowhere. And then the next thing you know, the label got three, four different artists and they all getting money in it. It's like, okay, y'all got some shit in the rents. Maybe y'all was cool with a producer, maybe however, but y'all bought y'all way into the game. And you can kind of always tell when that's happening. I feel mm -hmm. like you can kind of tell when that's happening. And then you got people who are, you know, independent. Um, so a lot of their money come to them. So they're able to be, you know, well off. And then you have people who have like niche audiences, like shit, even me, I just did a show at the Museum of Modern Art. Got paid a thousand dollars. Nobody know who I am, you know? So it's like, if I can get paid a thousand dollars for my show, then a person who has a hundred thousand followers, you know, there's no telling what they getting paid for their show. You know what I mean? So I think it's all about affiliations and who people are tied into and how they kind of got discovered or what label they under. That kind of tells you also a lot of party promoters sunk their way into the game. And a lot of promoters, they was in the streets and they used promoting as the way to wash their money. And once their money got washed, then they went into the industry from the party promoting because now they know people from promoting parties and promoting shows. You know what I mean? So that was another way that a lot of people came in, started a label, got a bunch of regional wars, or you know how like you'll have like regional people who, who they not nationwide big, but they big in your, in your section. Right. And how they be getting a lot of money. And you like, how the fuck they getting all that money? Like we only, we only fuck with them in Philly, <laughs> in Philly and in Jersey. You know what I mean? Like, where is they getting this money from? Most of them are usually active in the streets. You know what I mean? And active in the drug games and shit like that and able to push the money a certain way but if you get one hit a lot of people they'll get that one hit when the shit drying up they gotta go they gotta make that count so they want to go grab some weed they're gonna go grab some coke they're gonna go grab some perks because they they realizing that oh this shit drying up i'm probably not gonna get another another shot here so i'm gonna do this and that's what they do to keep their income coming in but a lot of times when you see money and jewelry and all that shit be fake all that should be kept all that on Instagram. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I think that's also the issue that a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these people on social media be fronting. A lot of the stuff that you see them wearing, a lot of the, the clothes, the jewelry, it's rented. It's just for that picture. And then the shit's handed back. Yeah. All that stuff. But a lot of, you're right. A lot of it is cap. And then, you you know, even the cars. And I remember when I was like, I think like 19 or 20, remember back in the day when MTV used to like really do those like behind the scenes, like type shows, like behind the scenes of this music video or yeah. that. Yeah, I remember, of course. Life type stuff. So I remember they were talking about how, you know, a lot of rappers are not living that trife life. And they're talking about how like on the sets of these music videos, a lot of those cars are rented. The girls are not really their girlfriends. They're actors and actresses. So they, they're basically selling you a life. And, you know, mm -hmm. as an 18, 19-year-old kid, you're not realizing that. You're thinking Ja Rule owns, owns all these damn cars. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just because his song is hot. And then as you get older, you realize, like, you know, a lot of it is just smoke and mirrors. And I mm -hmm. think that's kind of the issue is that, granted, you have some of them who do have money and, you know, who can afford that. But some of it is just smoke and mirrors. That private jet that they're on, it may not be them fitting the bill. 
Right. And the, the, every time they get on their private jet, that's the same. That's look at look at the Migos, how they was arguing because their fucking lawyer was the lawyer for the label, which is an oxymoron in itself. But every time when you get on that jet, or every time you get on, that's going on the back of your advance. That's shit that you gotta pay back. That's why they always in the when they look up five years, have a crazy five-year run, 10-year run, and they like, damn, I made history. Their the bank account's not adding up, it's not matching. To the impact that they made or you know the the culture shift that they created it's not matching up because all that cap that y'all did for instagram but one don't exist without the other so you wouldn't have got as much as um fame and shit behind you had they not put that money into you had they not pushed you with all that money and had they not created that image for you you wouldn't have got the success that you got so you can't complain now you know what i mean oh yeah you know the record label is always the bad guy but they're not the bad guy when they're funding the bill Absolutely. They're nothing more than a bank. It's an investment. And if I'm investing into you, if you come to me dead broke and, and you know poor, you ain't got shit, but you know your talent, and I'm investing and I'm cleaning you up and getting your hair done, your nails done, you know, keeping you laced and keeping this persona up, you damn right I want money on the back end. Absolutely. So what interest that record, right. You know what I mean? So when that record pops, I eat first. Right. And that's what a lot of these artists, they don't understand. But one thing I will say about this new generation is that they do have a lot more opportunities than when Method Man and all these old heads were out, you know, because back then they really only had their touring, their shows, you know, and like physical album sales. Right. And maybe radio plays. That was like really the main way they could make money. Then you saw them, you know, like uh, Jay-Z starting, you know, clothing lines like Rockaware, Puffy Hat, Sean John. Then they got into the liquor. Well, with these Kids, as long as you have a certain amount of following, I mean, a lot of these advertisers they drop big bucks. Absolutely, especially if you have like a million followers. I mean, they. I know. <laughs> I remember this girl told me she was a young white girl, probably like twenty one, and we were all at the YouTube space in LA. This was like a few years ago, and um, you know, she was verified on Instagram. I think she had like maybe a million followers at the time, but she said she don't take nan deal under ten thousand dollars. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Especially with a million. Yeah, for sure. They're going to cut her a $10,000 check. It could be yeah. some socks, $10,000. You know, so a lot of these kids, they understand marketing. They know their worth, you know, and, and people don't play. And you, and you have to know your worth, you know, yeah. people will come at you with bullshit all the time. I remember um, I had an advertiser come at me and, you know, I had worked with them prior. And so they were trying to say, oh, well, uh, can you just, you know, do us a solid and just, you know, run our ad and we'll just give you, you know, you know, just a few hundred dollars. A solid. What? Yeah. And I'm like, absolutely not. Wow, not I need this in liquid, liquor. baby. Ain't nothing solid about this. This this is business. And not when when I ran the last ad, I got you more listens than you could even, you know, than was even bargained for. So right. we're not going to do that. I, so I told them, no, I'm not interested. I'm not about to dumb down my price or do you a solid. Do you ask white, you know what I'm saying, influencers to do you one solid? Right. So when I shut them down, they came back and bought four more ads at full price. So again, people will all, I just say that to say, people will always test you. And especially if you're a person of color, because they think that we're so desperate. Right. Like I always say our money ain't good money and I know my worth. So no, I'm not doing you a solid. So I hit decline. And they came back with three more ads at the regular price. I said, there you go. As they should. As mm-hmm. they should. And you know what's funny, too? They even have niche, like, just like what you're saying. If Say you got 2,000 followers, mm-hmm. but you have a very active engagement. So out of your 2,000, 1,400 of them fuck with you. You know what I mean? And right. they engage with you and they this, that, and the third. They even got shit for that. 
You know what I mean? Like I put up a little ad for somebody. If you got high engagement, you might not have a big following, but your following, your small following, trust your taste and they trust, you know, what it is that you put up and what you do. And, you know, if you, you can get a check just from that, you know what I mean? You don't even have to have a big following. So it's like, it's so many different ways, which is why I say like, I think Method Man, he just kind of a little bit blinded by what he's seeing. He like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you know, it's like this shit, but he got to understand he, he 30 years, this 30 years later. Like, so mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the hip hop is the biggest job in the world. You know what I mean? So what do you, what do you expect to happen? This shit done inflated to, you know, a whole nother level. Um, but it's money in all different. You can have something in the background. They be having something in the background of the picture. They get a check for that. Put something in the front of the picture, get a check for that. You know what I mean? Put something in their stories, get a check for that. Mm-hmm. And that's just off post. You know what I'm saying? So and it yeah. adds up. And I don't think he's coming from a jealous place. I see people saying, oh, he's just jealous. He, he, uh, you know, I don't think it's that. I just think he's coming from an older person's perspective. Because even like people in like my, my mom's generation, they don't understand like how we eat off of the internet. They're like, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, how is that your job? You know, you don't leave the house. You don't work a nine to five. I did at one point, but that's not my life no more. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you have to hustle and grind. And I think that's what it is, is that you have a section of the population like Method Man and others where, you know, they work hard. You know, people- Mm -hmm. That's what I was about to say, Method Man work hard. hard construction, you know, just, you know, whatever, fast food, you know, a job is a job. People work hard to get their check every week. And they feel like a lot of these younger people or these so-called rappers and influencers, you're literally on Instagram looking pretty and getting Mm $10,000. Well, you know, like the old world, life ain't always fair. Yeah, it's a cold motherfucking world. And and, and that's the thing, like you said, man, he worked hard as shit. Like he, Mm -hmm. he was in a group. He had successful solo um records he watched he the only rapper in my mind to watch biggie probably ever on a song i like i love method man he did movies he do acting and tv shows like he has done so much so mm-hmm. i understand why he would be like wait the fuck a minute trying to equate he trying to he looking at what he got and he like all right i'm doing all right but i did all of this to get where i'm at and it seemed like they ain't doing shit. Like, you know, that's kind of how you're looking at it. And, you know, I went to a Method Man, Red Man show not that long ago, maybe like three years ago. But um, they was at the show, rather. It was a bunch of old school Remy, Fat Joe, you know, all that. And they give a hell of a show still. You know, like, they are still very energetic. They still give they all. So I just think he he work hard. So he just don't, it just ain't making sense. The math ain't math into him right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> shit ain't making sense. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a whole new generation. I mean, at this point in time, you can be famous just to be famous. Yep. I mean, think about it. Just the other day, Bad Baby, okay, she turned 18. That was disgusting. She started her OnlyFans and within 24 hours, not even 24, probably like 10 hours, honey, she made a million dollars. That was disgusting. But people are ready to see her, you know, scantily clad body. That was disgusting really I ain't gonna lie. Not not that she started her OnlyFans. Whatever, you 18, sis, get your money, whatever. But mm-hmm. the fact that she made a million dollars in 24 hours, I was looking mm-hmm. at the world like, y'all are fucking, y'all are disgusting. That was disgusting to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, the world is a different place, you know, and it's it's all about that bag and that hustle. And it's it's different now. I guess it's no different than back in the day, right before we had the internet. And as soon as a girl on the block turns 18, all the dudes are coming at her to be a stripper, yeah. you know, a dancer. And you know what I mean? Like, that's just what they did back then. Like, oh, you know, you pop in, your body's on point. You know, you should come out of town with us. We can take you to New York. We can take you to Chicago. 
And, you know, I have friends who went, you know, so I just think with them, they're able to do it on a more grand level because she's already famous. So let me really capitalize on it. But yeah, it just shows we got a whole bunch of freaks out here. Yeah, well, what I guess, why I guess it was disgusting to me was because you don't see her male supporters in out and about. Like they're not in the comment section. Oh, love you, baby. Like you don't, you don't, you don't really see that energy towards her in the public. Mm. But the minute that she started her OnlyFans, and that's more niche, that's more private, they all came out the woodwork. That was the part that was disgusting to me. Cause I didn't I didn't foresee that happening. She wasn't like some, you know, because you got some young girls that obviously people grown men are attracted to, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I didn't see that energy for her. So I wasn't expecting that big. I'm like a million dollars. Yo, these niggas mm-hmm. streets, but all right. Oh yeah. They paid it. I think she charged like 35, 50 bucks a whop and they paid it, you know? And you know, like I always say that that initial rush is big because you're the new thing, right? Just like if you're the new girl in the strip club, Oh, you about to make money. You're the new cute girl in the club. So people are going to spread money and that's, you know, but then after what, two months, well, we don't seen her before. Who's the next new girl. Right. And then that's why them girls travel from club to club to club. So yeah, she got her quick million, but she's, I doubt she's going to make a million every single month. You get what I'm saying? It's going to die down. And that's where people get caught up in that. That's why I always tell young girls, be careful how you set your imagery on social media. Image that you got to upkeep. Absolutely. You know? Never introduce me to a vibe you can't maintain. That's what Cash Doll say. I you know, agree. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. Because if you coming in, you know, you want to be the sexy vixen. Yeah, we're going to look at your pictures. We're going to hit like. We're going to reshare. But, okay, now when we get older and we're getting tired of it, what's next? Then you got to go to the next level. Now you're taking shit off. And then eventually you turn around. You're fully naked on OnlyFans. You know, because, again, you, you're you trying to figure out what to do to keep people coming back. So it can be a very, very slippery slope. So I wouldn't be shocked if a year from now she was on there butt-ass naked twerking, honey. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say, because she's only famous for being extra as fuck. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> so, like, what's going to happen once, you know, she's not getting that same income coming in? And she's signed to, like, a bigger label, I want to say. So... That's probably a whole mess. They probably got her in a 360. They probably making money off the OnlyFans. It's probably, it's probably definitely. I didn't even think about that. So you think her record label is making money off her OnlyFans too? If if she's in a 360, mm. that definitely could be. And nine times out of ten, she probably is in a 360 because she wasn't a rapper or anything. So right. all she bought, all she had was the clout. They bought the song. They bought the you know. They bought the produ- production, the lyrics, the this, the that. So that means. She in the 360, they probably they taking every they taking 20% of everything. So if she get a commercial for Pepsi, the, the label takes that. If she gets, you know, it could be some shit from the from IG that she posting, the label gets part of that. So I assume that OnlyFans would would fall under that same umbrella. That makes sense. And that might have been why they pushed it so hard. Because even her advertisement, and you know everybody else when they open an OnlyFans, they just post a picture of themselves looking cute. Join my OnlyFans, hey. She had a whole montage and pictures and music. I mean, it was like oh, a yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's like, label. recorded and edited this. Very mm-hmm. nice professional. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's label work. That sound like, yeah, that's label work. They put a little shit together. Gave it to y'all, post this up. We're going to get this shit popping. So they definitely get probably getting their 20% right off top. Oh, yeah, you know it. You know it. It's crazy. But, you know, like I said, I'm not going to be mad at how anybody gets their bag. As long as you can sleep at night, do you. You know, but I think also, too, we live in a day and age where I think 
it's so much easier to make money. As long as you have a, a hustler's mentality and you know how to grind and get it, like you can make money off of the internet. Like there should be nobody out here who cannot make a second hustle off of the internet. I agree. If you're selling stuff through affiliate links, selling products on eBay, Amazon. There's just so many ways to get it online. Like you said, you don't need a huge following. Some people with less than 2,000 followers, they're called micro-influencers. Yep. Well, they'll send you things, you know, give you two, $300 to shout it out. So there's all types of way to get money. You just got to really research and, and get it. But always yeah. be careful. Like you said, um, if you can't keep up, if you can't maintain that vibe, you may not want to go down that route. Yep. And also know the difference between clout and money. Like people equate clout to money. It's not this, it's very much not the same thing. It's very much different. So like, just because you see somebody with 20,000 likes, cause you see people that pop on Instagram and they don't carry that shit don't carry over to a year from now when they get cold. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. completely different than making money on the internet. Like you just said, Amazon, eBay, shit like that. People don't think like that. They just think about being seen. They just think about the likes. They just think about, they don't think about the internet in its totality. They just think about being seen. So if you step outside of that box of clout, I'm sure, you know, if there's something that you was interested in, you, you definitely get your opportunity. Right. No, I definitely agree with that. You know, and right now, that's the unfortunate part. I think that's the cycle that a lot of these young rappers are caught up in. Um, like we were saying um, offline, like, look at how many rappers have been literally arrested in the past month. You know, um, Anneli Choppa, NBA Youngboy, you know, A Boogie, he was arrested a few months ago. Um, but it's just been so many. And I believe that a lot of them, like you said, you know, do stupid shit for clout, you know, to trend. And then they get caught up with the police. Other folks, I believe they're, you know, they're doing dirt because they're trying to maintain a lifestyle. They're trying to maintain an image. Right. So they still have one foot in the streets and one foot in the game. Right. And if, even if they wasn't in the street, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm like ratting because you know me, but <laughs> even <laughs> if they wasn't a street person, like a, a boogie, because I believe he had a gun in his house and mm -hmm. like some weed. I don't know. Do you remember what else he had in his house when they ran? It was like a party or something. Yeah, he had a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but he he one of those regional court one, court two. You know, now we're starting to starting to die down, and now we gotta make something happen. You know what I mean? We from what Highbridge <laughs> Projects or wherever the fuck out Bronx. They probably was like, "Yo, we got this, we got that." You know what I mean? We gotta keep this money coming in. I could easily see. Uh, a boogie getting caught up in something like that because the money is not coming in the same way as it was in 2017 when he was kind of at his apex or 2018. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. you start getting nervous. You start getting, oh shit, what I'm going to do? And then the next thing you know, the only people that you're looking to invest in the street niggas and you're not really looking, thinking outside the box once again, you know, thinking to do something, you know, on the legal side. And that's how you easily get caught up in something like that. Yeah, they're saying here that he was caught with the 380 handgun, a Glock, um, a HNK 9mm, a Smith & Weston handgun. Damn, he had a lot of guns. Hollow yeah. point bullets, high velocity, high capacity magazine, marijuana, hash oil, edibles, and other drug paraphernalia. That's crazy. I mean, if that was anybody else, that's felon time right there. Yeah. How many guns I just named, you know? So he's going to be going to court. I don't know when he's going to court, but it's like these young rappers, they just keep getting caught up in the bullshit, you know, just like NBA young boy. Like I really want him to do better just because he's like a father of 20 kids. 
<laughs> I'm over exaggerating, but it's like now he's been arrested by the feds because he wanted to run from the police during a, a car chase. It doesn't make sense. You're already a felon. Now, I remember when he got out, I think it was like two years ago when he was damn near crying when that black judge gave him one more chance. Mm-hmm. I'm over him. I'm over Kodak. I'm over all them niggas that get uh-huh. a billion chances. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm over all that. You know what I mean? Because you know, I done did ten years. I ain't got time for that. Go to fuck the prison. Mature up. Come mm-hmm. back a better person. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, honestly, people these kids are better off without their parents. Sometimes that's how bad their parents. That's how distorted their parents' thinking is. That mm-hmm. you are more harmful to me than you are helpful to me. So go get your fucking life together and you know, I'll see you when you when your life is together. Fuck it. Yeah. I can I can see how that can be frustrating because regular people like me and you, we don't get chance after chance to mess up. Yeah, you especially know, with the crime like, like Kodak crimes. That shit like he got rape cases and all that. I don't know. Yeah, and then like pardoned, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> just going and then you still doing shit. You still starting shit. You, you got you getting your security guard shot. Not that it was his fault exactly because he wasn't the person that was shooting, but it's just like you're doing too much. You would think with a second chance by getting pardoned by the president, you would really chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but it, it was it's not enough. It's not enough. So you gotta go sit down. That's fine. You know what I mean? Everybody don't learn the first time or the second time. I didn't learn the first time. I had to go back. So I know when a nigga need to go sit down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nigga need to go sit down. For a while. <laughs> on that because yeah it's like even though he's out you know now his security guard you know he's they say he's in stable condition now but yeah it's just like constant trouble constantly following these guys around mm-hmm. you know, that's the part that's real unfortunate but I want to go ahead and segue before our time runs out um to talk about another rapper that me and you both really like I'm a huge fan of I talked about him earlier today on YouTube um DMX Yes, and everything <laughs> he's been going through, like that one hit me hard, almost like a family member, because you know, it's like we all grew up on him, and it's mm-hmm. like he just made it just okay to just be honest, yes, and rap real stuff and have real lyrics, no mumbling. Like you felt everything that he had to say, bar for bar, yes, you know, and um. It like it just I broke down, you know, when I when I heard the news, because I remember watching that versus battle and just being so happy, like, good X is back and he's looking good. You know, what I'm saying he has energy. He was having fun with Snoop like that battle was just the best versus battle I've ever watched. And I talked about it back then. And so I just thought he was doing better. And, you know, watching the Talib Kweli interview that he did recently and the champs. And then it's like, damn, what happened? So how did you feel when you first heard about this? I was devastated. And I, I thought back to when I loved, loved X. And um, those first three albums, of course. And, and then I even fucked with the fourth album, Grand Champ or whichever one it was. But I remember, like, my co-defendant, who was an addict, a crack addict. Um, and he loved DMX, too. That was, like, one of the things we had in common. Like, and you know... Back then, everybody you always tried to separate themselves from their customers, right? It wasn't a thing where we was all super cool, but DMX was that that thing. Like we will all sit and listen to Slip, and and we will all feel it the same way. Like my mom smoked crack back in the day, and she would be like, "Yo, put that Slip in on." I'd be like, "All right," and we would just groove and just listen to that shit. Like it was just he boy, like you said, it was like that pain, and you know, being from Philly, that's kind of where our rap 
that's kind of what our style is. We spit that pain. We spit like shit that you can feel. That's kind of what our, our normal style is. So he, he grab we gravitated to him so much because we felt that, you know what I mean? Like it was that vulnerable. It was like strength, weakness. It was just all in one faith. It was just, it was everything. You had to kind of live through it to understand, you know what wow. I mean? But it was just, I just felt so bad. But like I was telling my son, um, cause he was like, you know, I make my son, he know all the Beanie Siegel records. He don't even like really new school stuff. He only like, like back, back in my, when I was a kid, when I was 12 or 13. That's how we play around now. Yeah. And he told, he told me, um, I was like, he was like, well, for his life to kind of be that way for him to make it and do everything that he did, that's kind of like almost impossible. That's what my son said to me, you know, and I was like, you know what? It's true. Cause we was looking at the Woodstock show and mm -hmm. he was like, that's amazing for him that had came so far being in placement as from seven years old, you know, then starting crack at 14 years old. It's almost like that person has no chance, no right. chance. Right. So to become everything that he became is amazing. But at the same time, you can't help but be like, damn, like, I just, I just wish it could have been better. You know, I'm not, you know, prayers up, but I'm kind of already trying to, you know, accept that it might not be good, you know? Yeah. That's how I was feeling Saturday. Like, even if he comes out of this, he's not going to be the same because they're saying he's a vegetable. So mm -hmm. a vegetable is just somebody who just lays there. So it's like, that's not the DMX that we know. That's not the dude who be growling, who brings all that energy you know, and that's the part that just like really hurts because he's been through a lot, a lot. you know, just in his life. And um, to and then for so long, I think why I just really loved him was just he was so humble. Like he didn't think he was deserving of the fame and the money. I know he talked about that a lot, you know, where he just didn't think because he was a robber and he did, you know, he did mm -hmm. it in the street before, you know, he blew up. So for him, he always felt conflicted. You know, but and I and it kind of reminded me of you when me and you first started talking in the DMs and um, you were telling me like, you know, about your life and what you went through and how you felt guilty because of um, Brianna Taylor. You know how she lost her life and you felt yeah. you know, I've done so much dirt. You know, why would God take her but then spare me? And, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of the same mentality DMX had. But at the end of the day, you know. God has everybody here to walk their own path and to right. tell their own story, you know, and um, you've overcome a lot of stuff and you've made a lot of changes in your life for the good. So I think that right there is a testimony, just Thank like you. what he went through and what he overcame, you know, his whole life is a testimony as well. But it's also crazy how he just started coming back to the light. Like he just started coming back up to the limelight. He had the verses. He had a song with Casanova. I want to say he had a song with Pop Smoke. Like he was just starting to like come back and get his flowers. And then for this to happen, it's yeah. just like, damn. You know what I mean? And I remember like back in the day when he was out, out and you would never, like you would see Ja Rule, you would see Jay-Z. Because back, back then it was Jay-Z, Ja Rule. And then you had the South coming up from underneath. You had Nelly, you know, but all of them, had an image like and X had an image, but it was just like him. He wasn't draped in jewelry. He wasn't right. he didn't have all these cars. He didn't have like that wasn't his shit. He was just like super rugged, super, super gutter type dude. So it's like for him to kind of it seemed like soon as he was just kind of getting his flowers really mm -hmm. is when this happened, which is why it sucks because it's like damn you never really even got probably the chance to enjoy 
life for real, you know, like soon as you kind of made it out of whatever situation he was in mm -hmm. um, and things started looking up, it's when it was, you know, cut short. I don't want to say that, but that's just how I feel. But now I'm hearing a lot of stuff with people saying things like, you know, was his, um, was it, were his drugs laced? You know, who is the dealer? You know, people are trying to find the dealer and, you know, you know, social media, honey. I 100% believe probably that the drugs was laced. Now, they say he had a heart attack. So that leads me to believe maybe he might have went back to try and smoke crack, maybe, because crack was, overdose is a heart attack. Yeah. Well, crack was his main choice of drug. Right. Yeah. And if you OD on crack, you will have a heart attack. It's oh. not like a respiratory thing. It's not like you go into a nod and you never wake up. Okay. It's literally a heart attack. Um, like a bad perk. Um, it could react different ways, but I, I I do want more information on, you know, what 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 could, what could possibly be because most of the drugs are laced now. So if you don't know that and you take a certain amount, you're fucked, you know? So you got to be really the, Yeah, that's the scary part. And I want to touch on that, you know, before we end, um, kind of, we had talked about it the last time you were here and you were telling us about, you know, how um, marijuana is laced. And we were talking about the skid row of um, Philly, um, you know, just all the crazy stuff that happens there. And so somebody on Discord had posted about how we, the Shade Room had also posted it. And they're basically saying that there's a new syndrome called cannabinoid, oh no, cannabinoid hypermesis. I don't even know how you pronounce this hyperpermesis syndrome. And basically it's a condition that causes severe bouts of vomiting and a lot of stomach ailments. And they're saying that this is from people who are long-term marijuana users. And so this is becoming more and more prevalent where there's marijuana related stomach issues. And so I had hit up BL and I'm like, Hey, have you heard this? Because you know, growing up, I knew a lot of people just smoked weed. I've yeah, never heard yeah. of it. I'm smoking weed right now, T. How <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you mean? <laughs> right, but I'm just saying, like, when I was growing up, I never heard about people smoking weed and throwing up and getting sick. Maybe if they were getting drunk off the liquor or getting high and popping pills, yes, but with weed. So that's when I hit, hit BL up, and I'm like, you know, what is going on with the weed? Like, we talked about the fentanyl stuff. Do you feel like they might be doing something to the weed? Because I've been side-eyeing how they're going so hard to legalize marijuana. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because when you brought it up, I was like, let me go research some shit from the prohibition and see if I could figure out why they will be doing something like this. And during prohibition, not even during. So they started talking about prohibition because everything that is in the past always, history repeats itself. Mm -hmm. So when prohibition talk when they started talking about um getting rid of alcohol it was in the 1830s mm. so prohibition didn't start until 1920 in 1906 is when they started poisoning the alcohol in preparation to deter people from wanting to drink so it was well before prohibition actually started and who was poisoning the alcohol this at the time it was ran by um at the time it was ran by the irs the, the alcohol and all that stuff was ran by IRS. Now it's ran by the Department of Justice. But back then it was ran by the IRS. They was the people that was running it. And they actually was reasoning that if you mandate toxic additives into the products, it will be that that alcohol was going to be converted into bootleg alcohol and it would effectively cut the consumption of alcohol. But it didn't. People continued to drink. And what ended up happening on one day... Um, 
They said it was 41 people that got that died um, due to uh, poisoning of the alcohol um, of the, of the alcohol. It was one day in 1920 or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole thing was to deter and to cause them to stop, and they never stopped. So people were just dying all the time. And what that makes sense is to now is that they're trying to deter people from smoking. Because I kept saying, well, what? why would they do that? They're trying to deter people, even with the fentanyl, deter people from smoking the street weed. So that way everybody, because they know down the line, remember they started in 1903. Prohibition wasn't until 1920. So down the line in a few years, every state is going to have legalized weed. So to deter people from using street weed and buying it on the street, they just keep fucking it up. They just keep finding ways, put fentanyl in it. Oh, put some more shit in it. <laughs> oh, give them a stomach virus. You know, they're trying to do anything and everything they could do to push people to smoke the weed that's taxed so that they can get the money versus the people on the street getting the money. You Same know shit that they did back in the 1900s and with prohibition. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. What you're saying, you are hitting on some just amazing points because I didn't even think that deep with it. I know when you told me to look at that article and y'all can go look it up for yourselves as well. But um, it the article is by the US, USA Today and it says fact check. It's true that the U.S. government poisoned some alcohol during prohibition and they do a whole article breakdown. And that is very interesting that they started poisoning the alcohol years before they finally made it illegal to even buy. Right. Because th- that's what I'm saying. Like the whole time we've been growing up, that was the whole thing that people were like, oh, well, I smoke weed because it's safer. You know, weed, nobody's ever died from weed. Remember that? That was like the big saying. Now I'm hearing about kids dying from weed. And then when they go to test the weed, there's fentanyl in there. Well, where is this fentanyl coming from? And why is it being mixed in the weed? It just doesn't make sense. So I think your theory is just spot on, sis, because, you know, let's start getting these kids addicted through the music, through the rap, through the propaganda, right? So they start, you know, because remember, weed is supposed to be a gateway drug. Right. And so you start smoking weed and then now you're listening to Future talking about Molly Percocet. So you try this and that. But that's not really, you know, killing folks fast enough because most people are just comfortable with weed. So, like, let's start lacing the weed and messing that up. And then because they got legal weed coming because right. you know the big the me, my homeboy is talking the other day and he was saying, you know, we're all in our, our late 30s. And he said, if you hear somebody right now in their late 30s talking about they still sell weed, people give them the side eye. Like, you still selling weed? Like, who the fuck is out here selling nickel sacks? You know what I mean? Like, you get the side eye. But he said what he's noticed is if somebody says that they have edibles, people are like, oh, what? What kind? That's very true. Yeah, like, you don't get the same stigma Mm -hmm. if you're selling edibles as you do selling just regular weed. Mm-hmm. He was That's saying very true. That's conditioned because as soon as somebody's like, oh, I got edibles, nobody's judging them. Nobody's saying you're ruining the community. No, you know what I mean? No lectures. It's- right. You still <laughs> selling weed, nigga? Like, damn. Nigga, <laughs> <laughs> you were selling weed when it was in the manila envelope. <laughs> right. If they got nickels and dime sacks, then, you know, people feel away. But if they got a packet of fucking, you know, uh, gummies, edible gummies, it's like, oh, you the man. Oh, I love you for this. So, it's like we are slowly being conditioned to, like, you know, take our weed in a more legal form yep. as opposed to street. Yep. Mm. And at the end of the day, they got to cut the dick of the people on the street first 
to even make it worth their while. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. okay, how can we take, we have to take the money from them. We have to take the money from the street. How can we do that? If these people been going to these same people, their whole life, you know, boy down the street, been selling weed, nicks and dimes, his whole fucking life, you know, what can we do to pull these people from their dealers basically? And the only thing that you can do is fuck up the supply. That's, that's literally the only thing that you can do to make people so um, not trust you know, and like, fuck it, I'm gonna just go ahead to the to the to the dispensary because these niggas on some other shit. I don't know what they selling. You know, that distrust, and then that's it. That's the same thing that they did to the speakeasies. They started giving them bad alcohol and cutting that shit with. Um, I wish I could remember what the chemicals was, but cutting that shit with some poisonous shit that killed. That was like literally killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. They the game the government play is crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of just evil shit that goes on in this world that people don't understand that there's always more to the story. So when I heard about DMX and what happened to him, and especially when you think about somebody who's been using drugs for years, um, you know, their body starts to get used to it. Of course, their body goes, you know, starts deteriorating because you shouldn't be, you know, smoking crack and shooting hair on, right? But your body also builds a certain level of tolerance too. That's why I feel like his, his, I, I feel like it was laced. Yeah, absolutely. You know how many people um, who go to prison, like they'll be in prison and they'll be like, yeah, I used to do five bundles a day, a dope, this, that, and the third. And you'd be like, what? And then they go home and they try to do just one bundle and they just die. Oh, because that, their bodies are not, that happens so, that happens all the time. First day out, they try to do their shit and mm-hmm. their body is not used to, you know, because they've been in them no more. You know what I mean? And they just check. Like, that's just that's one of the most common ways. Um, of ODN is people fresh out of prison. So, you know, DMX is no no different being if he was clean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If he was clean and he tried some shit or, you know, he was around some people that was trying some shit and his body just didn't react well, um, especially people who smoke crack, like their hearts go bad early. And they'll tell you, hey, if you keep smoking, you're going to have a heart attack. You're going to die. You know what I mean? And if they continue, you know, they might take one hit and Die. My mom's ex-wife, you know, was like that. Rest, God bless her soul, Woody. She took one hit, of, one hit of crack one day, and her heart just stopped. Heart attack, you know, massive. But they kept giving her warnings, warnings, warnings. So mm-hmm. it's like one of those things where, if your body is back clean, you your body can't really afford for you to even take in anything anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Wow. Well, I'm glad I wasn't alone in thinking that, but I definitely feel like you know, there's more to the story. Right now, all we can do is just, you know, keep him in prayer and, you know, stay strong. Um, you know, if, if it's his time to go, then it's God's will. But it's definitely going to hurt. You know, a lot of, a lot of 90s kids, <laughs> you know, we're definitely feeling this one. You know, yeah, I know y'all feeling it because I was young, young when X came out, but I was into rap. So I loved him. I had a picture of him in my living room. My mom used to be like, you don't know that nigga. I used to be like, that's Earl, leave him alone. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Earl. <laughs> Said I loved him. You know what I'm saying? So I know if you, if I was 16 or 17 when he yeah. came out, mm-hmm. I, would have been, I would be probably fucked up because he definitely had some heavy shit that just made you just feel like you wasn't alone with whatever it was, you know what I mean, that you was going through. Like, because before then, the only people you could listen to to listen to some shit that uplift you, I guess, was like, gospel or something like Kirk Franklin or some shit. They didn't have that rap person that can make you feel that same feeling. 
that maybe God's property gave you. You know what I'm saying? When they got Nabag, it was just like the whole opposite, but it gave you the same feeling. I feel like he was like the first person that I heard that gave you that feeling. You know what I'm saying? You know, always leading by scripture and always reminding people that, you know, regardless of how big he's gotten, he still puts God first. And I think that's why for a lot of us, we wasn't feeling the little Nas X thing. I'm sorry, I just come from a different era. Yeah. You know, I understand creativity and he can do what he wants to do. He's grown, but I can't support it. I'm not, I'm just not supporting that type of imagery or even playing with the devil like that. Not right. when you have real rappers out here like DMX, who was like really just spitting that real, right. you know, and, and who made it okay to talk about God because not at this point in time in the days that we're living, it's like to even talk about religion regardless if you're Muslim, Christian, you know, Jewish, whatever, it's, it seemed like it's a bad thing. Like, you know, like you need to sit down, ain't nobody trying to hear all that. And then you got a rapper now talking about, you know, the devil and, and having all this devil imagery, you know, besides the Christians, the industry ain't boycotting that, but yeah. they're getting rid of, you know, YG. So yeah. that just tells you how messed up and demonic the industry is. Yeah. So YG doing his little freestyle, which is, you know, the truth is, you know, they're take, getting rid of that. But little Nas X, that's being shoved down kids' throats. And he can try and say that he's not for the children and, you know, lie to himself all he wants to. But I got pictures of him on Sesame Street. You don't get more for the kids than that, okay? Yeah, when he went to that school. Remember he went to, the, like, that kindergarten class and he was, like, doing Old Town Road and stuff? And I found out that he actually uh, was raised in, like, a church. I, I don't know if his dad was a pastor. I heard but- from the church. Say that again. I heard his family was in the church. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, it could have been like a, a just a big fuck you to to his family. Seems like a lot of gay boys got their energy towards you know Christianity. You know what I mean? Because they was from that type of family, and they might have got shoved that. But literally, God doesn't exist on Twitter. Like it's like no. <laughs> anytime somebody say anything about God, people be retweeting. Like, oh my God, these people. It's like mm-hmm. I didn't understand why it was such a problem if people weren't into it like if i'm not into that why is that a problem you right know? And that's, that's what the part that i didn't understand how yeah, come i just I can't be not into it exactly if you liked it and that's your cup of tea god bless you literally you know what I'm saying? that's your business <laughs> if i don't like it you don't have the right to chastise me to to call me names to say i'm old i don't understand no i'm, I'm sorry you know what i'm saying i'm just i'm not into that so you know to me DMX was a different type of artist and he just gave you a well-rounded library of music. Right. You know, and it doesn't get any more deep than that. So on that note, we've been out here for an hour. I'm going to end with one of my favorite prayers from DMX that he said on The Breakfast Club. So we're going to end with that. Father God, we thank you for this gathering of souls. See that when two or more gather your name, that you are present, so we thank you for your presence. We ask that your grace and blessings are upon us this day. We pray that any obstacle the devil plans to place in our path be removed in the name of Jesus. We pray that you have your will, have your way in our lives, Father. For we didn't make us, so we couldn't possibly know what to do with us. We thank you for the things that most people take for granted, Father. The air we have to breathe, the the, the food we have to eat, the the clothes we have to wear, the cars we have to drive, the money we spend, the lives we touch, and the lives that have touched our own. We ask that we're able to be a blessing to others as well as ourselves. We ask to be reminded of the power in the spoken word, Father, because we can defeat the enemy with the spoken word. All we have to do is remember to say it, remember to use it. The word says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The word doesn't say that the weapon won't be formed. The word doesn't say that the intention of the weapon maker won't be to harm you. The word doesn't say that they won't attempt to use it. 
The word says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So no matter what they think, no matter what they make, no matter what they try, by the power of the word, we are covered. We humble ourselves before you. We praise your name and give you the glory. We praise your name and give you the glory. We praise your name and give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Yeah. I love that. Jesus' name, child. Yes. Amen. And Amen. thank you so much, BL, for coming through and, and blessing my podcast once again. This is thank, you, thank you for having me. You know I love coming on. No, definitely, definitely. I was like, when's she going to come back? I'm going to have to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> I got to come to a Zoom. I've been so fucking busy. I got to come to Zoom. I got to bless them with the beard. You know what I mean? You know how I come through. We're going to try and have another Zoom meeting in a few days. I'll definitely keep you posted. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely appreciate you for coming through and just spending time with the tea sippers. Yeah, no doubt. I love y'all. Bye. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.